0: Amen. Good morning. I think I have finally found my people. Wow. It's been seven years of hunting you guys. And I think I finally found you. Hallelujah. Wow. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, We're also going to be looking at Romans uh, 15 in just a few minutes, but it is so good to see you this morning. And I want to say thank you. I know a lot of my family's here. My parents are here. My in-laws are here. My other in-laws, my brother-in-laws, in-laws, in-laws, they're all here. And so uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. Thanks for for coming this morning. And my dear friend Christine is down here this morning too, so thank you. Uh, So great to have her here this morning. And glad that you're here. By the way, we do this every Sunday. So come back. Come back to church. We do this every Sunday and I love that song Tyler. Thank you because you know uh, I'm one of those guys he was talking about who wondered sometimes about the church uh, What what's going on with the church and uh, my faith is waning. even being a pastor preacher guy I've served on church staff and sometimes I thought maybe God made a mistake, but he didn't he doesn't make mistakes He doesn't make mistakes. Okay, just making sure you didn't go to sleep on me uh He's good. We make mistakes. And uh, I, I agree with Tyler what he said earlier. Uh, I love this body of believers. We're not perfect. If you're visiting this morning, I just want to tell you we're not perfect. And guess what? Neither are you. So you're in good company. And neither am I. Uh, so I'm glad that you're here this morning. That's one of the things that's awesome about the church and about uh, the body of Christ. But we, we do have a purpose And what I've discovered is when we operate within our purpose, that's where the church really looks awesome and does awesome things. Uh, My wife discovered not too long ago I was working on a little home project. And uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, handyman, I'm not. uh, I was using a hammer as a screwdriver and she finally came to with me whatever the project was and she said why don't you try this and i was like oh maybe this would help actually screw the screw in instead of a hammer if i actually use the tool that was made for the for the for the job and uh, I've discovered the same thing is true in church If we will actually live out the way that we're supposed to And function as we should Some incredible things happen uh, I know some of you have been studying a guy named Francis Chan Francis Chan is my second favorite author <laughs> And he's uh, got to get that in there My second favorite author And he is, uh, he's written a lot of new books this, His current book I just finished is called Letters to the Church, which is awesome And I I was seeing some video things that he was doing online And he shares this story that I thought would be appropriate to get us going this morning His daughter's name is Rachel He was having a conversation with his daughter a few months ago And he said, Rachel, you need to go upstairs and clean your room And she said, okay, Dad, okay I'll go upstairs and I'll clean my room He said, she goes upstairs to clean her room And a few minutes later, she comes down And he says, Rachel, did you clean your room? And she said, no, Dad, but I remember what you told me. You said to clean my room. I remember that. You said clean my room. He said, "Rachel, go clean your room." He said she goes upstairs. She comes down a few minutes later, and he says, "Rachel, did you clean your room?" He said, "No, Dad." But I actually memorized what you said: "Clean my room. Clean my room. Clean my room." I memorized it. I memorized it. He said, "Rachel, go clean your room." She takes a friend who's come in the door at the time. They both go upstairs. They come down a few minutes later. He says, Rachel, did you clean your room? He said, no, but we sat around and we we talked about how cool it would be if my room was clean. And we talked about different ways to clean my room. We talked about it. He tells this story and he said, it's actually a fictitious story. He said, I made it up to illustrate that that's oftentimes what we do in the church. We have a mandate, gentlemen, ladies. We have a mandate from God's word in Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at it together. It says, go into all the world, all the world, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Most of us know that. We can remember it. Many of us have it memorized. Many of us have sat in classes and we have sat around and discussed how awesome it would be maybe if we actually did it. We've even talked about techniques and methodologies to go out and to make disciples disciples. But maybe we've never done it now. I understand. Let me say this at the beginning. I understand God does the saving But he uses us as men and women boys and girls the body of christ to be his mouthpiece mouthpiece his spokesperson for the world And maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe you've been a believer 10 20 30 40 50 years And you've never had the opportunity to introduce someone to jesus. I want to encourage you To take that opportunity when God brings that person across your path. And it happens every single day. And we have to be mindful of what God wants us to do. It's interesting here that Matthew says something that I'm not sure we as a church generally speaking have wrapped our head around. And it's this. The verse says make disciples. It doesn't say make converts. It doesn't say get people saved. Because, quite honestly, in my experience, that really is the easy part. It's difficult, but it's the easier part. Where it really gets difficult is doing life with people and helping them be a disciple. Now, I don't know about you, I've been a Christian for 30 plus years. As far as I would say, faithfully serving Christ, 30 plus years. Jesus had 12 disciples. The creator of the world could only handle discipling 12 at a time. Okay, maybe I could handle two or three. But the point being, I ought to be pouring myself in. You, if you're a child of God, should be intentionally pouring yourself into someone and making disciples. There are many of you in this church that you've known Jesus longer than this preacher guy. So I appreciate the welcome this morning. I am so ready. I am sitting on G waiting on O. I am so ready to see what God is going to do through us together. But I just want to throw this out at the beginning of my chapter with you. If you were waiting on a preacher to do this, you waited in vain. Because you can do this without a preacher. That's right. You should be doing this without a preacher. I was talking to a preacher of mine this week in Pennsylvania. By the way, I got to represent you this week. In about four states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, I was all over the place. I am so ready to slow down, and I can't wait to actually be here with you. So keep praying for me. But I want to finish what I'm doing well, so pray for that. But I was with a pastor friend of mine in Pennsylvania, and he said something to me, and I said, I'm going to tell my church congregation, wow, that sounds good, my church congregation. (laughs) I'm going to tell them Sunday, here's what he said, sheep make sheep. Shepherds don't make sheep Let me run that by you again Sheep make sheep Sheep replicate, reproduce sheep Shepherds don't reproduce sheep I'm like you, I'm a sheep I'm just up here right now But I'm just like you So I should be replicating sheep in my own life Just like you should If you're a child of God There's a big need in the world. I don't have to tell you that. There's a big need right outside these walls. There's a big need in other countries that are on the globe. By the way, there's there's a big need right around these walls. We actually have a need for somebody to drive the bus on Sundays, throw this out here to pick up people who want to come inside this building and learn about Jesus. We shouldn't have to beg to get that done. Just throwing that out there. I do love you guys. You're going, wow, he's intense first sermon. You knew what you were getting last Sunday when you said yes, or a couple of Sundays ago. (laughs) I hope, I hope. I'm so excited to get to do this journey with you together. Because as we we said a few weeks ago, I don't believe we've seen anything yet. The church has a mission. But here's my question for us today Does the mission have a church? The church has a mission, has a purpose for which we were created. But I think sometimes Jesus looks down through the ages and sees churches all over our area right here in Greenville, all over our state, all over the country. And I think maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, is there a church for the mission? Because there are a lot of people that are busy doing church stuff, but not really focused on the main mission. I like activities. I like outreaches. I like eating I heard, by the way, just throw this out, that the choir this morning had banana pudding for breakfast in the choir room. I have a feeling we have a lot more of you that want to sing in choir next Sunday and future Sundays. I might be one of those people. Banana pudding. Well, praise the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. We have a mission. God has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. It's not just coming in here to hear some guy, to hear music and hear some guy talk for 20 or 30. I'm going to try to keep it under 30 minutes. That's not our purpose. God has something for us to accomplish. That's why he's brought all of us together. When we get frustrated, it's because we don't know. Why are we all here? What are we doing together? It's because we don't know the purpose for which God has pulled us together. We're here. We're living. We're breathing. God has something for us to do. And it's not just to come from Sunday to Sunday and then the other six days of the week do whatever. This, in a sense, is just like you saw yesterday, and I'm so glad yesterday was a winning day for all the football teams, because it was going to be really hard for me to stand up here and see a sea of orange and not be able to brag on the black and garnet. Sorry, I had to go there real quick. In a few weeks, it's going to be a really difficult Sunday around here, I know, I know. But God has a purpose for us the other six days of the week. This is like a pep rally for a football team. We come in here on Sunday, we get encouraged, we get fed, we get infused. And churches all over the globe, and especially in the Southeast, spend so much time and energy and emotion and intensity on a forty-five, fifty, an hour, hour, 10-minute service. And then we think nothing about the rest of the week. Now, let me just tell you, you have, we have an incredible staff here. And our job on Sunday morning is to do things, things with excellence. My job on Sunday morning is to prepare well so you're not sitting there going, did he not get any sleep last night? And usually I don't. But we want to do well on Sunday morning. But I just want to tell you, Sunday morning is not the hot spot for you as a child of God. Sunday morning is a time where you come get infused. And Monday morning when you get up and you go to work or you go to school, that's where the rubber meets the road. We put a lot of stock in Sunday morning thinking, if we come in here, we look great. Did we get all the words right on the screen? All those things are important. But the main thing is when we leave here, are we on mission? For God to do what God has called us to do. So I see some truths in these scriptures for us and I want us to look at four truths this morning from God's word that will help us discover what it is that God has for us to do. What are the purposes for us as followers of Christ? Here's the first one. The local church exists for the accomplishment of global mission The local church exists for the accomplishment of global mission. We're here united to do something together. It's not all for the pastors, of which I am one, and Heath, and Kayla, and Joey. We're all here serving together. There's no hierarchy. We are just like you. The only difference between me and you is I'm up here this morning. So our goal together is what can we accomplish this week? And our goal is the local church, the reason we exist, our mission is for the accomplishment of of global mission. So what does that mean? What well, means several things. It means, number one, that has to be a priority. Making disciples has to be a priority. We often get sidetracked with other good things in the church, but we don't focus on the God things in the church. That's why churches turn into country clubs, or they turn into activity centers. And everything happens except the proclamation of the gospel. And Jesus is never mentioned. Jesus is on the back burner. As long as I'm the pastor here, that will never happen. That's what we're about. There are a lot of other agencies in our community that do fun things for kids. Does that mean we won't do fun things for kids? No, we're going to have a trunk or treat. We need 30 cars. Now, he said we need 30 trunks. Some of you are thinking about swim trunks. No, we need cars. We need cars with trunks. Just want to make sure you get that right, because some of you may show up with, here's my trunks. No, trunks, car trunks, car trunks. Will we do some fun things? Yes, but ultimately the motivation, the underlying factor, the thing that we're trying to accomplish... Is to introduce people to Jesus. It's got to be a priority. It has to be built into everything that we do. It will serve to be our filter of what we say yes to and no to. We'll ask those questions. Is what we're doing right now going to help somebody come to know Jesus? Directly or indirectly? It won't always be like a Sunday morning service. As intense, if you want to call it that, as a Sunday morning service. It's going to be primarily relationship building. Did you know that most people... Who would come to this church have already found a church most people out there in the world if they're going to go to church They've already found it So if you're visiting this morning, thank you. Thank you. I I pray you'll come back and discover more about who we are But what does that mean? That means That if we want more people to come to know jesus, we have to go out and tell them There's nothing wrong with a few things where we say come to church come to church about jesus But you don't see the word come in matthew chapter 28 verse 19. It says Go and that's what Jesus wants us to do, is go. It has to be a priority for us. You know, if you look in the book of Romans, chapter 15, it's interesting what Paul says when he's talking to the church at Rome. Romans 15, 14. It says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to instruct one another. But on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God so that the offerings, so to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles and the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now let me stop right there. Don't don't get lost when you hear Scripture read, okay? I, I felt it. Did you feel it? Somebody starts reading Scripture and we start... We can read other things and we're, we're attentive. We can go to a movie theater, we're attentive. Lock into God's word. This is not Jack Easton, this is God's word. I know it's hard. I know some of the words are hard. I'll probably mispronounce some of them, that's okay. We'll get, the, we'll get the meat of what God's saying here. Notice the progression that Paul begins to describe in these verses. Verse 17, he says, In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, this is key to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Lyricum I fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But it is, as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see and those who have never heard will Understand what is paul saying paul is saying I want to go somewhere where people have never heard of the gospel of jesus He's talking about going to spain as one of his missionary journeys and he's even asking the people to participate I want to go somewhere where people have never heard about jesus. Can I share something with you? You may not know this fact. There are people Within a hundred yards 200 yards of this building that have never heard the name of jesus Some of you like you don't think i'm telling the truth What do I mean by that? Some of them have really never heard the name Jesus. Some of them, the Jesus they have heard is not the Jesus of the Bible. That's why we live in a confused world in America. That's why most people that you ask in America, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. And the Christian that they identify with, the Christ that they identify with, is not the Jesus of the Bible. You don't have to go to the Dominican Republic, though I love the Dominican Republic. You don't have to go to Malawi, Africa. You don't have to go to Malawi, Africa, though I love it. There are people within yards of this church that don't know Jesus. There are people within miles of this church that don't know Jesus. So what is Paul saying to us? He's given us another truth from his word. Jesus died for the spread of God's praise among all the peoples of the world. Among all the peoples of the world, not just South Carolinians, not just Republicans, sorry, not just Democrats. Jesus died to have all the peoples of the world give him praise. You say, how do I know that? Back up in Romans chapter 15, just a few verses with me. Because Paul quotes from four places in the Old Testament. Let's look at them. Romans chapter 15, verse 8. He says, for I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God. He's talking about the Jews. And the getting ready to talk about the Gentiles. To confirm the promises given to the fathers. Here we go with the Gentiles. Verse 9. And for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore I will give praise to thee. Now watch these keywords: Among the Gentiles. And I will sing to thy name. Verse 10 he says. Again I say rejoice O Gentiles. With the people, so first it was among, now he's saying with the people. In verse 11, again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse, referring to Jesus, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. Talking about Jesus, in him shall the Gentiles hope. I, I want to encourage you. To go back and read this this afternoon. Because this progression that he's talking about is very important. He starts back at verse 8. Talking about the Gentiles and the Jews praising God while the Gentiles are watching. Then he talks about asking the Gentiles to praise God with, with them. Then he talks about all of them praising. What he's saying is there is a progression to people coming to know Christ. And that is our job. Because Jesus died for the spread of God's praise among all the peoples of the world. I love that. All those verses, by the way, all those verses, by the way, are some of those are in Psalm. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, is a quote from Psalm 117. So from the Jews praising God among the Gentiles to praising God with the Gentiles to the Jewish people calling the Gentiles to God. That is our role as believers. So what does that mean for us? What it means for us is as followers of Christ, we have to have the same goal. If Jesus died for the praise of all people on the earth, then that is our goal. That's what Jesus is inviting us to do. Our goal should be the same thing. That's the purpose for which Christ died, for for the accomplishment of global mission. So his purpose includes every one of us. Why is this important? It's important for a couple reasons. No one in here, if you say you're a child of God, is excluded from this responsibility. It's not just the pastor's job or the professional paid staff people. It's for us, as believers, as followers of Jesus, to go out and advance the gospel. You know, it, it's, it's kind of scary, actually, because what we've done in contemporary America with contemporary church is we've turned this global mission, the global purpose, the worldwide global purpose that God commanded us to do, we have turned this into a program. That's for the missions program. That's not for me. The missions committee will do that. That's not for me. That's not biblical. That's for all of us as children of God. If you you really don't care about this idea of, of God's people worldwide praising him, you might want to stop just a minute. Check your pulse, not your physical one, but your spiritual one. With all the love in my heart, I would say this to you this morning as your pastor. Ask yourself if you really know Jesus. This is the purpose for which he died. It's for all of us on the planet to come to know him, to come to have a realization of our relationship with him. That's that's his purpose. So if I say, Jesus, I love you, I'm a follower of you, I take on that assignment and say, okay, now that's part of my responsibility. Yes, through my own gifts, through my own personality, through your own gifts, your own personality, you don't have to do it the way I do it. God made us and wired us differently. He's given us all a different sphere of influence, a different sphere of people that we can connect with. Surely we're not reserving this assignment for a select few of us. Maybe we have, and maybe that's why the world is... Because those of us who have the answer are sitting back watching. Thinking, well, he he needs to do that because he's the missionary. He needs to do that. He's the pastor. That's what he's paid to do. That's the gift God has given to all of us. Why would you or I, if we've been entrusted with this incredible gift, keep it to ourselves and not share it with somebody? We have this awesome gift, this awesome privilege. Are we all supposed to be a missionary? No. Are we all supposed to pack our bags? No. Some of you are going, oh, thank God he said that. Thank God he said that. <laughs> Actually, we have a bus headed to the airport right after the service to Mozambique, Africa. I need a couple of volunteers. No. No, that's not, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is we need to be focused on the mission. There, there is some things. Let me give you some practical things as we wrap up this morning. There is something that everyone in this building can do. And then there are some specific things that some of us can do. I'm going to be the guinea pig this morning and use me as an example at the end. So hang on. But there is something that each of us, if we say we're children of God, can do to help us think about global mission so let's think about those first of all god has a job for all of us so what is common for each of us first thing we can do is we can pray we can pray how many of us this guy included make it a consistent matter of prayer to pray for people on the globe to come to know jesus how many of us i, I don't do it as much as i should Prayer does work. Prayer does work. Oftentimes we do everything and then as a last resort we go, well, that hasn't worked, I guess I'll pray. Why do we do that? Prayer should be our first line of defense, not a last resort. So all of us can pray. Did you know that out of 11,000 distinct people groups in the world, 6,000 are still classified as unreached by the gospel? That means there are few Christians and maybe almost no churches in some of these areas. Now, remember, unreached and lost are two different things. There are a lot of people around this church building that are lost, that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but they have access to the gospel because there's churches on every corner in our our community. But there are 6,000 people groups on the planet that have no access to Jesus. That should bother you. That should move you as a child of God. That should do something in here. It should grieve you to go, wow, how how can I do something? What can I do? Because these people will die and go to hell if they don't come to know Jesus. That means there are about 2 billion people on the planet who have no access to the gospel. They don't know a Christian who will share the gospel with them. This is why it's so important. This is why if we are going to be a church crossroads and do what God's called us to do and fulfill the mission that God has called us to do, that's why our priority, our priority has to be on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to be on reaching five forks, yes, because this is where God has planted us. But it can't just be on five forks. It has to be on the uttermost parts of the world. My prayer here in the next year, two, three, four, five, is there will be dozens of people in this congregation that will say, God's calling me to go to Africa. God's calling me to go here. God's calling me to go there. Because if God doesn't raise up more missionaries, more men and women, to go to these places and share the hope of the gospel, what's going to happen? I believe he's going to do that. I believe some of you in here, some of you are getting nervous right now because you've been struggling maybe with this very thing, thinking God's calling you to do something. And some of you, your, your wife has her elbow in your rib cage, going, that ain't us. That ain't us. <laughs> For, before you think we're going anywhere, that ain't us. I don't know who it's going to be. What an awesome privilege, though. We have to share Christ here in Five Forks, yes. We have to focus on sharing Christ around the world, and we can do that by praying. It's interesting, though, let me say this real quickly, in case you haven't noticed, that God in his providence is bringing almost all the nations of the world to Five Forks, South Carolina. Have you noticed? In the neighborhood that we used to live on right off Woodruff Road just a couple years ago, across the street, there was a family from Korea. On this side of us, there was a family from Switzerland. On this side, there was another family from the third world. They were from, make, they were from Dothan, Alabama, I think. Um, <laughs> this kid, this, he's bringing the world to us. So we have to be ready. And we got to pray. What else can we do? We can give. We can give. When you get down to Romans 15, I think it's verse 24. Paul says, whenever I go to Spain, I hope to see you in my passing so that we can have company for a while, so that we can visit for a while. And he's not really talking about just visiting. He's talking about coming to to their house for a reason, and that's because I need some money to fund this journey, to fund this mission. I need some help. So we need to give. We're going to talk more about this next week. I just want to throw this out. We're going to do something next week that, to my knowledge, I've talked to the church staff, has never, ever, ever been done in the history of Crossroads. So if you don't want to miss it, be here next Sunday because we're going to talk more about this giving and what can happen with the power of money. God has called us to give. God has called us to invest. The last thing he's called us to do is to go, G-O, to go. You don't have to leave five forks to do that. Think about where you live. Think about your neighborhood. Think about your apartment complex. Think about your classroom. Think about your work environment. We all have spheres of influence where we can share the good news of Jesus. So those are some things that we all can do. But there's this word that he kind of hints at in these verses. I wish we had more time. I know I'm going fast. But there's a hint that he says in these verses when he says, I'm being called to go to Spain. I want to go here where there's a people that have never heard the gospel. I'm being called. He's saying personally. Was he, was he trying to get all of them on a horse and buggy to say, let's all go to Spain? No. He's saying that's what God has called me to do. So just as there's some things for all of us to do, there's also some specific calls for some of us. There's been a specific call for me over the last seven years years. And like I said, I found my people and God's confirmed that call. It's just a specific calling for us so that we can all pray. We can all give, we can all go, but there's some specific things that God has called us to do. And they require a couple of things. They require number one, asking this question, where, where, where is God calling you to go make disciples? Ultimately, you have to start right there where you are, right there in your world, in your community, where God has placed you. And for me, at this particular time, it's Crossroads Baptist Church. Praise the Lord, I'm excited. Amen. This is my where. But what you have to do is ask God, where, God, where is my where? Where do you want me to plug in? Where, where is my specific calling? And then, for how long? For how long? Is this, is this a. There are all kinds of different time frames that God puts on places, especially when people pack their bags and they go to different places in the world. There are, there are short term trips, there are long term trips. I want to encourage everybody in this place to consider in the next calendar year to go out of the country on a short term mission trip. Maybe you've never done that before, it will change your life. I wish we had time this morning. My daughter's here. She took a little trip to the Dominican Republic about eight, seven, eight years ago. She can tell you it changed her life, changed her family's life, changed a lot of kids in the Dominican's lives too. Some of you in this room, I'm going to be taking a group at the end of December for about five or six days. And I want some of you to go with me. You've never been before. When I just said that some of you, your heart skipped a beat and you're like, oh my goodness, that's supposed to be me. I say that make you laugh, but I'm also serious. And this morning at the invitation, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond if that's what God said to you. See, what we sometimes do is God speaks to us, and we put it off for a week and another week. And after a while, it becomes a distant memory. God spoke to us back here, but we put it off. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to do that in just a few minutes. I want to encourage you to think about that opportunity that you've got. Are you ready to follow his mission so here's some questions for you to ask as we wrap up our time together. We're going to pray and we'll be done. If you're wondering how you should respond this morning, just a couple of questions. The, uh, the mission God has for us, by the way, is not an impossible one. It's impossible in our own strength, but with his strength, we can accomplish it. So here's some questions for you to think about this morning. What is your part in God's mission? Because we all have a part. What is your part in God's mission? Will you pray? Will you pray and ask God what he wants you to do? Would you give to support what God wants to do? Will you pack your bags? Or will you go? I, I'm excited about what God is going to do here in the future, but I will be the first to tell you, my dear Crossroads friends, that it's going to take every single one of us in this place because God has some big goals, if you want to use that word. I, like to pr- I prefer the word need. Because goals don't mean a whole lot anymore. I had a goal last year to, you know, run five miles, drop 25 pounds, and the new year came and went, and I just kept on eating and kept on walking. (laughs) But I think God has some needs that He wants us to accomplish. Could He do it by Himself? Sure. God could wave His magic wand and do whatever He wants. But the Creator of the world has chosen to use you and I to partner with Him to do his work. I mean, that's amazing to me. That still just blows me away that he's actually given us an opportunity to participate. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him this morning. For some of you, it's to come down front and pray and and to kneel. For some of you, it's to confess, God, I need to be more about your mission. For some of you, it's to come maybe take my hand or take Heath's hand and say, you know what? You're right. I need to get out of the country. God's calling me to go somewhere. You may not even know where it is yet. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going to ask that you just ask God to speak to your heart in this morning for you to respond as he leads. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the mission that you allow us. You've given us the privilege to participate and be on mission with you. I pray for these friends in this room. Lord, would you would you percolate Would you uh, in our hearts, Lord, would you just... Open up our hearts, motivate our hearts, my heart included, God, to be about what you want us to be about. I pray for some friends this morning that long before I showed up on the scene, you've been dealing with their hearts about missions. Maybe it's short term, maybe it's to pack their bags and leave the country for a year or two. I pray this morning they would respond, if that's you speaking to them, that they would respond in obedience to you this morning. Would you motivate us to pray for people on other parts of the world today? that don't have the privilege to do what we do. They want to worship Jesus, but they're hiding out in the bottom of a cellar, maybe, in a third world country, because they know if they openly and loudly proclaim you, they'll be put to death. And yet, here we are, we have the privilege to do this freely. Help us to pray for those brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to give so that the gospel can continue to go forth. And help us to respond, Holy Spirit, to you this morning in obedience may we not leave this place any of us myself included being disobedient to what you've called us to do this morning in jesus name amen amen i'm going to invite you to stand and you do what god has called you to do this morning would you stand we'll sing together heath and i'll be down front to pray with you if you need prayer this morning